oh, oh, it's Mac and Bo on your radio, baby. This is my friend, Matt. Posh, come on, Posh. This is my friend, T-Bone. What's up, the fun? I can't go to work without listening to Mac and Bone. Do it live. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Uh, we could not stop talking about Love is Blind during the break. It is addictive, y'all. If you give it a chance, it is addictive. Last thing Mac yelled out before the music hit was bean dip. And if you watch the show, it <laughs> oh, means something. Oh, what a scene that was. These dudes are some knuckleheads, too, man. Some of the stuff they'd say... I'm like, is there no filter at all on you, bros? And this is me saying that. You hear me every day. I don't have much of a filter. But holy crap, around your lady, you got to have a filter, fellas. <laughs> anyway, all right, let's focus. Let's get back to sports in it, y'all. That's what you. That's what the party is for. That's what you're here for. Um, and that's what we're going to give you, although I am tempted to know if our next guest dabbles in shows like Love is Blind. He is. Uh, America's long snapper. He is the Carolina Panthers Iron Man. He is JJ Jansen, and he joins us here for our weekly sma- snap snap chat Snapchat. Snapchat's conversation. JJ, love is blind. Are you watching it with all the Charlotte residents? Do you watch shows like that? I, I am not watching it, guys, <sighs> at all. Although, <sighs> although, and I don't know what episode it is. We were my wife and I were on a uh, date night. And they were filming uh, like a date restaurant scene, whatever. What I guess you call it a scene. Yeah. At the restaurant we were at, so oh, I nice. was mildly tempted, and then I just I forgot about if it. There's a, if there's <laughs> a, to remind if, you. if there's an episode and JJ Jansen walks in the background, my wife's complaining. Oh, I'll be dying if I see oh, JJ rolling back. Oh, uh, what if I they... will watch. Hey, look, I'll tell you guys this. Okay. If I end up in an episode, and I don't think I will, but if I do. I will binge watch it in one day and film myself doing so, and then we'll we'll send you some of the clips and the highlights. Oh, How that, about that? Oh, that make bit. that a little bit. That way, everyone will be incentivized to watch to see if I'm in it. But again, I don't I don't think so. I was not searching the cameras. I have, what not, have, you, spotted, guy. You, Bone, have you spotted JJ in the background? No, what, what if they stop eating? They say that's a Panther legend. <laughs> that is America's long snapper back there. I, at right? that point, I should be getting some producer credits for it or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. JJ, um, I, I, I want to talk rules. I know you like talking about the rules and stuff like that. And this is something that we've talked about in the past. But it looks like it very well could happen. This XFL kickoff, um, mm. I don't want to say format. That's not what I'm trying to say. But the the, the, the XFL kickoff is something that the NFL might be implementing. And I guess basically the principle is for safety, the XFL has the 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 kickoff players other than the kicker. The kicker kicks from the same spot, but all the cover guys are like way further up the field, closer to the return man. And I guess the theory, JJ, is the collisions aren't as hard. They don't get as much speed before they hit the return man. Do you like, like, is this a good idea? What do you make of this? Well, I think the the positives are two. First is injury prevention, right? It's it's pretty clear from the data in the XFL that the injuries are way down, which makes sense, right? Everyone's standing near each other. You're less likely to get violent collisions, um, ACLs, concussions, things of that sort. The second thing is, though, that rule incentivizes kickoff returns. I think Stan's biggest issue with the kickoff in the last couple of years is all of the rules have been moved towards disincentivizing yeah teams from returning the ball, which was the goal of all those rules. And so 
this rule change, if it goes through, all of a sudden you'd have exclusively kickoff returns. Because if I remember correctly from the XFL, it's, it's a penalty for the kicker to hit the ball in the end zone. So there's going to be some skill involved, and you'll have returns on every play. I think the Super Bowl had like 13 kickoffs, and there wasn't a single ball return. Yeah. Um, so there'll be some action back in the game that way. So I think it's a good it's a good solution if the goal is to reduce injuries and keep returns in the game. So I'm not against it, but I, I love the old kickoff rule, but we've done everything in order to prevent there actually to be kickoff returns. It's not a fun play anymore. JJ, is there another rule, whether it's special teams or just in general? Is there what else would you adjust to the game from a rules perspective that you see that could really fix some things? I think our game's pretty good right now. I think there's always stuff that comes up. Obviously, from the end of game standpoint, and obviously this is a special teams rule, I'd like to see some adjustments on the onside kick. I think the onside kick is a very exciting play. There's usually a lot of buildup to the play. It's near the end of the game. It's obviously a close game. And now there's almost like every announcer comes on and goes, well, there's almost no shot of you getting this. And then, of course, there's almost no shot of you getting it. So I'd like to see some kind of an adjustment there to give the trailing team a slight advantage. The old number was like 13 to 15% recover for the kicking team. That number's dropped to like 6 or five yeah, just because there's no running really start. Helps. So I'd like to see some level of an adjustment just because I think there's there's drama and buildup at the end there. Obviously, again, this comes back to safety, and that's, that's some of the limitations. But I'd like to see maybe uh, an opportunity for teams to, to have a little bit more of a comeback possibility. We're talking with J.J. Jansen from your Carolina Panthers and possibly an extra on Love is Blind. We have to, we have to uh, be analyze Again, that the guy, background. That would, that would make my day. If I can get all of the WFNZ listeners to scour the Internet trying to find one sighting of me at, I can't remember what restaurant it was, but it's like, it like a 7.30 at night, so, you know. If, if it's a daytime show, I'm definitely not in and that if scene. They, if they filmed at the Mooresville Arby's, I might be in the background of one of those. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> all right. Hey, is that Bone back there? Is that, it's Arby's. <laughs> I don't think they go to Arby's. All right, I don't know. I'm just throwing But they're going with their gold cups. <laughs> Holy crap. All right. Um, let's talk, JJ. And I don't want to get you – I don't want to get you in trouble – um, over there at the stadium. All right. That is, uh, that's, so we're going to maybe steer clear of like the owner grade portion of this NFLPA grade thing. I don't want to get you in trouble, but I am kind of curious, like what, like some of the things you gave high grades to like, and, and we were talking about this sure. earlier. There's a lot of things in terms of like work environment, um, yep. that all y'all Panthers that were, you know, surveyed gave good grades to like treatment of families, food, cafeteria, yep. Um, nutrition, uh, the training staff and strength coaches got the best grades of anything. Weight room got a solid grade. Any of these things in particular that you really scored high, like that you view as like they're great for the players over there? Yeah, I think what you see throughout all of the grades is that the people in particular are graded really high because what we've what we've really done in the last five or six years is, and this, I mean, look, I know that the owner grade got a big attention, but I, I want to point everyone to the fact that all of the improvements that we've had in that building are because the owner signs off on allowing us to do all of those things. Yes, yes. So, so the strength staff, the nutrition staff, the sports science, they've all come to the owner and said, we need these things. No, that's fair. And he says, yes, 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 yes. But because the players don't want to play on turf, 
he gets a low grade and everyone goes, oh, look how, look how much the players hate the owner. No, no, the owner, you know, Mr. Tepper has done an amazing job of supporting all of those staff people. Look, our, our nutrition staff is fantastic. Our weight room is awesome. Um, we've got great people, sports science, that are really smart, individualized plans for all of us. The goal of all of the staff, is to allow us to be in the best position to go win on Sundays. And I can say that those grades point to the players feel like all of those spots in the organization, the nutrition, the, the medical, the rehab, the sports science, the, um, uh, the strength staff, they are all allowing the players to get back healthy and play and do well. So the players are saying, hey, look, our organization is really strong and really healthy. And honestly, you guys are talking about free agents. If I'm a free agent, I'm looking at all of those things. Okay. I'm not looking at does the does the team have an awesome locker room. The team that's won three of the last five Super Bowls gave their owner a, the 32nd highest grade. But I think <laughs> because of the locker, not, there's not people running away from Kansas City. Yeah, people are true. running to Kansas City. So I wouldn't I wouldn't look at that in the least. Um, I would be looking at how does the how does the player get supported by the rest of the organization? Obviously, we scored tremendously well because that's the way the players feel. JJ, it feels like this new chef you guys got's getting rave reviews, huh? <laughs> I knew you were going because that's Tracy, that's what I'm looking at. Chef yeah. Tracy is amazing. She is she is out of this world. The food is so good, and what I'm always impressed with is just the ability. Like, like one of the biggest issues, like in a cafeteria, especially for cooking for so many people, players, coaches, staff is like, how are you like cost efficient, right? Like how do you cook for all these people and not just tear through money? And then that's why food starts getting bad in some organizations is that there's no skill in how do you like handle a budget? She's amazing. Like the food we get is always fresh, always fantastic. And if there's, and if there's something that was like dinner the night before, like any good leftovers, there's always like a great, like leftover, like sandwich mm. or something like, you know what it is. And it's, it, it's amazing. Like, so I shoot in the offseason. I just go into lift just so I can go eat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that plan. Now, I That's need great. to do I mean, no, no, Okay. <laughs> I mocked Bone. I mocked Bone for asking about the new chef. You told us about Chef Tracy. But I am now, you can mock me, Bone, because I'm going to go in and ask us follow up about the food here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very curious of what the food situation is like, like for a sports team like this. Is it like. Is it like all healthy and like the nutrition side of things? Like they map out what you need to be eating when you're there, sure. or or is it like there's like a a bucket of like a big old tub of fried chicken you just go grab? Like what's it like? <laughs> <laughs> when when you when you come in the cafeteria, we'll leave out a bucket of fried chicken and, and uh, whatever whatever potato you want to eat <laughs> that day. But no, in general, there's there's a ton of options. So there's always like a burger and like like. Uh, like chicken sandwich station. There's always, uh, there's either steak or fish. There's vegetables. There's like a pasta stir fry. There's Ooh. a salad bar. There's all kinds of different options. And then that's where, uh, that's where Jennifer comes in as our nutritionist. And she says, Hey, look, Hey, we're going to, um, we're going to look at, you know, it, it could be any number of things, but we're going to look at, do you need more fats, carbs? How do you need to eat for your position? for your weight, for your explosiveness, all those things. And then ultimately it's on the player to make the right choices. But all of that is accessed. But it's not like you're going to come in and you're just going to eat salad. Like some guys need a lot more meat. Some guys need to trim up to be at their, their 
their best fighting weight. Some guys need to bulk up. So there's food there all, all over the, there. And, um, and so that was one of the biggest things. I said, Jennifer, I meant Kate. Um, I, I was thinking of <laughs> great. Well, great. I, I was, I was in a, I was in, I was in a different world there, but we have all these great people. They're all around. All top is fantastic. Kate's fantastic. Chef Tracy, they're all working together in order to put us in the best position for it. And so it's been great. Now I feel bad for Jennifer. I, yeah. Who's Jennifer? Does Jennifer not do her job? Well, right? I feel bad. And, she just got dropped here. Mac and I would not franchise tag that uh, salad bar. We just move on from that thing. We just walk right by. <laughs> I want to eat JJ. Like so, you talk about some guys have to bulk up. I think we see this. Like for example, Jordan Gross, when he retired from the NFL, and that, and you, and, and you see the weight loss. It, it kind of makes me think. Like, is it just unnatural for for these O linemen, a lot of them, to be the weight they're at? Like, how much do O linemen, some of them, need to eat to stay at their weight? Is that kind of how it goes for them? Well, I, I always say there's no real 300-pound offensive lineman. They're all either 400 or 200. Like <laughs> they're either really they're, they're either really big guys that are trying to lose weight, yeah. or they're skinny guys that have bulked up. So yeah. you can usually tell just based on body types. And there's no one way. There's no one size that fits all. But every but every guy just there's a trust me that's in every position, right? There are some guys that are naturally going to be a little bit heavier and have to keep their weight down. Other guys are naturally skinny and have to bulk up. So the biggest thing that I can the biggest thing that I can say is that's the value of having all of those people in that position is they're trying to help you be in the best form that you can be in because your body becomes what you're using in order to perform at the highest level. By the way, the people chiming in about uh, tell tell uh, JJ to make sure Bryce eats more. Yeah, it's like seven uh, people. Uh, tell people to tell JJ to get Bryce eating that red meat. Like, say, people leave it alone. But I am curious, what does Bryce eat? Someone says JJ, they saw you at a restaurant once. You were snapping bread to the table over next to you. Is that true? <laughs> That, that may or may not be true. Oh, jeez. I need that in the background of a love is blind scene. That's what I need. Just a baguette goes flying over the table. JJ's hiking. Oh, man. All right, JJ. This was the nutrition and food edition of the Snapchats here on the Mac and Bone Show. This guy says uh, th this segment made me hungry. Doesn't like every other segment on the Mac and Bone Show make people hungry, though? Yeah, we talk football. We went from love to football I, to food. I feel, what we do on this show. I feel like and I'll just and let me and let me just add let me just add one thing. The best thing that I get at the cafeteria is a bacon cheeseburger with an egg on it. That's oh, my like favorite that. go to. So if you're ever if you guys are ever at the facility <laughs> and you're invited in the cafeteria, which you probably won't be, <laughs> that that food is available for you. I got to be honest. I'm afraid if we went there, the way we've been talking, unfortunately, about things, I feel like we'd be poisoned. Our food could be poisoned if we go not into the, the chefs, cafeteria. But the upper, upper offices <laughs> might not be good for us. You like that? What do they call that? A, like a sunrise burger or it, something? Yeah, you acted like you didn't know. That's oh, exactly yeah, what it's exactly called. I like that. Like and then that. the like yolk. You want like an over medium egg. Do you that, want that's the so just, so it's just just a little runny. Yeah, you gotta have it run out on the burger and the just cheese. Just a little bit. So do you guys, oh. JJ? Do you see what happened? I got mocked for bringing up the chef question. Then Mac just spoke for 11 straight minutes on food. And now he's making noises. I don't know what they even mean. But oh, that face you just made was unreal. <laughs> um, this texter says, JJ, does Bryce get crayons to play with during the meal? Crayons? Yeah, that, that is. That, that is. That is not funny. All right, we're not laughing at not that. Not cool. And JJ, yeah, JJ is going to snap a football 
um, uh, at your face, sir. All right, he's going to find you and do that in retaliation. JJ, we learned a lot today about your experiences, about the cuisine and other things over there. Appreciate it, brother. We'll talk to you next Thanks, week. guys. Appreciate it. All right, there talk you go. Thanks, buddy. That is uh, JJ Jansen. Little Snapchats, a little behind the scenes today with the NFLPA grades coming out. Buddy. Absolutely. The Charlotte Comfort Systems temperature right now, 38 degrees. Choose local. Choose Charlotte Comfort at charlottecomfortsystems.com. We come back. Full recap with audio of Coach K and Roy reunited last night. You're going to hear it. We're going to react about how awesome that was on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. WFNZ, Mac and Bone with you. Cruising through the 8 o'clock hour. If y'all missed um, uh, our talk about the NFLPA grades, David Tepper's grade, why David Tepper got a D, um, all that stuff. Uh, The recap of Duke uh, last night, Flounder calling out Kyle Filipowski for not not really being hurt. Uh, Tar Heel fans agreeing with Flounder on the text line. Uh, shocking, that happened earlier. A shocking turn of events. <laughs> we, I knew it, turned in, it turned into inside Carolina pretty quickly. But when he played, I knew we were in trouble. I said, oh, no. I knew it. And then I started looking at my DMs on Twitter, and there's my Tar Heel buddies. I knew it was coming. The bigger news to me is that oh. Caleb Foster is in a walking boot. Um, he's on a rolling scooter. It's almost March 1st. Uh, Shire said after the game he's – Heartbroken for him right now. So just based off the timeline, the comments, the situation, don't know when exactly we're going to see Caleb Foster during the rest of this uh, time here, uh, this season. Yes. Be back next Can't year, question hopefully. that injury target. I mean, fan. if he's in a – you're saying he's in a cast? He's in a walking boot. He's in a walking boot, and he's he- – yeah, probably. I mean, they would probably have to make a deep run, so he's right? Legi- he's legitimate then for you. If he's a, yeah, I would okay, say so. so. <laughs> walking boot and rolling scooter means he's a legit hurt. Okay. Yeah, now if he would have played 30 minutes with the walking boot and scooter, then probably not. Guys, so. never, guys have never been injured before and come back four days later. It's no, it's, it's, it's not I've seen people get hurt and come back in 10 minutes later. Yeah. yeah like, but there's an injury, right? You're hurt initially, but yeah. it's not like a, like, like. You know what I mean? It's nothing that's like. Well, major. they don't want to change the college basketball world over a possible injury. They faked it. So <laughs> I knew it. So Bones, his, I knew it. His, when Filipowski strolled out on that court, I knew your life was about to become yeah. hell. So I, we blamed, I knew it. I knew we, it was happening. We blame Filipowski. We blame Shire, and now he's faking the injury. Right? Yeah, you're keeping but up. There's well. not, but there's not a game of gotcha with Duke, though, at oh, all that goes on here, right? Geez. All right. Anyway, let's focus here because I have something that will bring. Duke and Carolina fans together. All right. But by the way, check out all that other stuff, including Flanders comments that got Bone initially ticked off earlier and me ticked off a little bit, too, about Filipowski's uh, fake injury. According to Flounder, check it out on the podcast of the hours you missed. That was the first segment of the show. Check it out. WFNZ.com, Apple and Spotify. But I want to bring Duke and Carolina fans together right now, Bone, because last night at nine o'clock after the Duke game on ACC Network, there was an hour of amazing television if you are a Duke or UNC fan. Just amazing television. And I got to give all the credit in the world to West Durham. I thought he did perfect guy to do this. I thought he was amazing. 
And Roy and Kay, they made it great, man. They told stories. They had laughs. You really got to see the respect and, you know, they like needling each other. Like you got to, you really got a little look at their relationship. And the show is called um, uh, Roy Williams, Coach K. What is it? Rivals Reunited. Yes. Re Reunited. And we've got what we want to do here is play some of the clips from it. But you guys are going to have to, whether it ends up on Watch ESPN or whether they, I'm sure they're going to keep replaying it on ACC Network. Y'all got to find it, record it if you're a Duke or UNC fan, because this is cool stuff. And let's start first, Bone, with something that Tar Heel fans can appreciate. Roy Williams asked if you go in the, you know, if you, if your in-game decisions are kind of like a preset plan, or do you kind of go with the flow? And Roy Williams took it there. He took it, Bone, to him not really liking to call timeouts in games. And he had a little fun with that. Listen to this. I mean, yeah, Carolina fans up there, they why did you never call a timeout? Okay, so I understand that. And then it became a little bit of a challenge. I didn't call timeouts just to piss some people off. <laughs> but John Calipari, we're playing in 17. We won our last championship. We played them. We have a lead. They make two ridiculous threes in a row to tie the game up. Kenny makes gets it out, gets it into Theo. Theo dribbles it down, hits Luke May. Luke May hits a shot. We go to the final four. Calipari, that night when we were leaving the arena, I heard somebody yell, Roy, and I turned around. It was John, and he used a very colorful language to say, I was trying to call a timeout because I knew you weren't going to call a timeout, and we would not get our defense set. But that's the way we practice every day. So my thing on the calling time, yeah, I'll admit at the end, I just did it sometime just to let people talk about it. But <laughs> never in the game where it was close. <laughs> but we did that in practice every day. Yeah. So that's interesting. Now, that's now right at the end. It, 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 and I love the way, you know, he laugh, he's laughing about it. He knows it. He hears it. And he also admits, hey, sometimes I didn't call timeout because I wanted to bother y'all. Um, but but it makes sense though. Like at least in the end of game situations, I still it still got me bone when the ru the opponent runs were happening and he wouldn't call the timeout. That felt like overly stubborn to me. But who am I to argue with a damn three time national champ, Hall of Fame coach? But it makes sense though. End of game situations and the Luke May shot as a result of this, we practice those. We practice pushing it up the field or uh, field pushing it up the court yeah. and getting a shot. Like so, we you know why let the defense set. We feel like we're, we practice those situations. That makes what, sense. And when you watch one like the Kentucky one, how well they did that, they that that was something they did every day. Luke May knew where to run on that. They knew yeah. where to find him. So makes makes a lot of sense. Also funny, Matt, that he kept timeouts in his back pocket just to be stubborn towards the haters. That's hilarious, man. He said I he love did not, that. Not in close that, games, though. But if there was a game that he could get away with it. So this is what he's thinking over. I'm going to stick it to that. Whoever yeah, said that. Yeah. I know they want me to call timeout. I ain't going to do it. Uh, that's wonderful. Uh, Dadgum. I, and, that, and that's some of the stuff you get. You get funny moments in this, too. You get insight, right? You get passionate moments. You get to hear what they think about things, but you you also get funny. They both have funny moments. Yeah, sorry for the hollowness one. of the audio. We had to do a little special thing today to make sure we got all of this uh, the way we can get it on the air today. And it's the only way we can yeah. get all the cuts. But I feel like we have to play these yes, cuts. Yes. The show was too good. We got to give you a sample, and then y'all can go yep. ACC Network and try to watch and it. Shout out to Wes uh, Durham. I thought he was tremendous, too. And, the, and the, the fact that the name Durham 
was involved in this. I perfect thought that was pretty do it. perfect, man. For, for multiple reasons, right? And this was an interesting one. Let, uh, you know, you hear a lot about the UNC family and you hear a lot about the brotherhood. But I thought it was real interesting. And, and like both sides like hate on like if you're a Duke fan, that UNC family stuff, that brotherhood stuff, right? If you're a UNC fan. But I thought it was real interesting for Coach K to basically admit that he kind of saw, you know, the Dean family atmosphere and kind of wanted to model it and felt like both programs were similar. Listen to this. Dean established, uh, you can call it family, but common ground where everyone owned it. When I came into the conference, I was really amazed at the loyalty that his current teams had, but his past teams had. I mean, intense loyalty. And that's one of the things we have tried to build, and I think we have built it. I had experienced that as a cadet at West Point, brotherhood, you know, like, but I didn't know that you could do that with a sports program. And here we have, like, eight or nine miles apart, two programs that are really based on the common ground of values and uh, organizations that are value-driven usually stand the test of time. And... Uh, North Carolina has theirs and we have ours. And then when we go against one another, it's pretty damn good. Yeah, yeah it's really good. That yeah, was cool. interesting. That, that was cool. Did. Talking about the similarities, right? Yeah. Of that family really bond. Tie, I'm sure it's come up before, but never really tied in. The, the brotherhood kind of stems from learning along the way from the Carolina family. So I thought that was a interesting correlation there and admission from Coach That was Kent. a cool moment. It was, man. This texture says... They're both uh, funny, too. We'll talk about some funny moments here. They they both, I thought, showed their sense of humor. Definitely. The fans won't... They hate them. Won't give them. Kay's always... He's been funny, and Roy's got the folksy humor. There's moments in there that are just hilarious. We'll talk about Oh, here. there's no doubt. Like, when Roy uh, Kay was talking about his shoes, he oh. was talking about trying to, like... As you get older... Like yeah. he almost he almost had the days and confused Matthew McConaughey line. You know how Matthew McConaughey, yeah. um, uh, you know, I, I keep getting older and these college girls stay the same age or whatever, or or the high school girls stay the same age. Yeah. He said, you know, the college players are always the same age and I'm getting older. So he talked about relating to him. He talked about his shoes and some player was saying, your shoes look hot, Kay. And he's like, I kind of think they're cool shoes, actually. I think they're kind of cool. He said they're Air Force Ones. <laughs> they're as cool as they get. And, and then he the realized said, yeah. hot meant, meant the same thing. Yep. So anyway, that was kind of a funny moment. There was also a moment where Roy was referencing about coaching and about trying to get guys to hustle, and he wants to put up a sign that would say, tell Mike Krzyzewski to hustle down the court, and Kay said, can you choose a different name than that, please, if you don't mind that? He was just throwing out a name of a reference. And then Roy said, yeah, I will. John Shire needs to hustle. <laughs> it was good, man. Y'all got to find this show. Uh, they, are, they are rivals, but I, they, they, I don't feel like they were ever really like hated. There, there wasn't contentious nature no definitely not these. they explained it multiple times during it that the hatred is really more the fans yes. than the players, players and coaches and coaches yeah. there's a lot of respect between both sides yeah except that matt doherty chris collins moment that felt like hate to me but i love that dang moment but yes no doubt about it. and there's such a respect between the programs and how could there not be right it's like it's like any great rivalry that like you've each landed your blows like there's such a respect, and you feel that in this thing. And I think an example of that is this Coach K clip on Dean Smith. When Coach K came into the to, to the coaching ranks, remember the whole double standard moment? He won. He was screaming, "There's a double standard!" Dean gets all the calls and stuff like that. And I've all a lot of people have always said. I always said this, Coach K, you ended up becoming Dean. 
You ended up becoming the one that the young coaches thought got all the calls and all this. And he kind of acknowledged that when West Durham asked him to talk about his perspective over the years on who ended up becoming a really good friend of his bone, Dean Smith. Listen to this from Coach Cat. He was as good as anyone who's coached any sport. And as a young coach, I'm not going to tell him that. You know, I want to beat him. And I didn't understand his moment. I was in my moment. Wow, that's uh, very interesting. And Mac, two Coach K stories with Dean Smith that I think shows you from where they went of the double standard yeah. to where they ended up going into the 2000s to the end of Dean's life. It's actually in, in the Ian O'Connor book about Coach K. In 2005, after the debacle of USA Basketball, they had a meeting of the minds in Chicago with all the most prominent people you can think of in the sport of basketball, from Michael Jordan to a lot of the original dream teamers and anybody you could call Angelo, anybody in the sport had a meeting of how do we fix this? And Dean Smith, and they had a whole list of people on the board of who yeah. could fix this thing. Dean Smith got up and spoke and everyone's like, what's Dean going to say? He said, coach K's got to fix this. And everyone's like, what? Uh. And Michael Jordan stood up and said, he agreed. And that's where they went from there. End of his life. Coach K ran into Dean Smith at the beach where he goes and, 2013 or 2000, somewhere in that neighborhood where Dean was really bad off and he wasn't saying a whole lot and the memory was going and coach K walked up to him, kind of grabbed his hand and he wasn't talking a lot then. And he wasn't talking to him then. And he didn't know if he knew him and then said something along the way when he walked away of we did well or something along those. It was something that brought him in together, something about doing well, or we did it, or or something like that. That's that's where those guys ended up going by the end there. It was nasty at the beginning, because Kay was this young guy that wasn't going to back down, right? Like, I'm not going to yield. Like you said, I'm not going to tell him how great he is. And then by the end, they both, they were both two of the all-time greats, man. Um, But anyway, I thought it was fascinating. It's a great show. Uh, The audio, I know it's weird, because like, we're on the radio, they're like, underneath, they're playing like, yeah, yeah. I like clips and you're hearing stuff like that, but uh, hopefully you can hear it. It's okay. also from my phone. It's, good stuff. it's also from my phone to a microphone yeah, I know, I know. because we couldn't do anything else at five in the morning. It wasn't played anywhere else yet. You can't grab it. But anyway, um, watch the show. Um, hear the audio on your own television. I'm telling you, if you like Duke Carolina, you're going to freaking uh, love this show. There is no doubt about it. The last clip is Roy uh, is Roy. Talking about Buddy Baldwin. Anybody that's a Carolina fan has heard him talk about Buddy Baldwin, his old high school coach in Asheville. And in this story, and then Kay chimes in with just something that's hilarious about Buddy Baldwin. But this is Roy talking about, like, Buddy Baldwin was his mentor and then told Roy to get into coaching. And Roy talks about his first year of high school coaching, and they won two games. And he was asking Buddy Baldwin, like, can I do this? I won two games. Like, he had a Carolina Panther last season, bout with only two wins. Oh, yeah. Listen, listen to this whole back and forth between Roy and Kay. 
to this day, every time I leave from Chapel Hill and go to uh, Asheville, uh, I go by Drexel. And uh, every time I see that sign that says Drexel, I get a warm, fuzzy feeling. Yeah. Because my first year, we went 2-19. and 19. They're the only damn people we beat the whole year. <laughs> <laughs> and so I asked Buddy Ball, and I said, you think I should stick with this stuff? He said, you're going to be all right. And, uh, you know, Wes, for the longest time, because he would always mention in all these articles that Buddy Baldwin. Right. I said, come on, man, that guy... You're making that guy up. He couldn't be that good. It sounds like a character in some book. He is a character. No, one time I one time I asked, I said, is this BS or is there a guy named Buddy Baldwin? He says, yeah. And so uh, anyway, it's been a kind of a. So wait, when did when did Coach K meet Buddy Baldwin? There's got to be. I've a, never met him. You've never met Buddy Baldwin. That's why I thought it was some character. Yeah, like, I expect this eight-foot guy to walk in and just do this. He's 83 years old. I still talk to him every week and after every game. <laughs> you know, so, but the funny thing is, and this is really something, Coach Smith thought he was a fictitious <laughs> person. Even Dean didn't believe Buddy Baldwin was real. <laughs> By the way, we have that's a man. And I got, I'm telling you, these interactions are just fun, man. This is fun. That's just the start of it. I mean, this is basically the whole show is yeah. some serious stuff, Hour and long, then here's a joke good, back and forth good, laughing. Yeah. I love when they were talking about the Carolina rivalry, and um, Kay was talking about the ingredients. He's like, "You cook a good meal." I don't know why I can't explain what Kay said. Why, why don't you he, show respect? He was saying, "Well, I need to do it." Well, you can't do Roy without the daggum. Daggum. Any great meal has great ingredients, and he said this this rivalry had all the ingredients: the players, the coaches, the the emotions, and all that. And then he goes on to say, "And I knew every time we played them, it was going to be a special game as long as the referees didn't mess it up." And Roy Williams laughed so hard he damn near fell off his chair. Like, Roy loved that joke. Roy also, Bone, was it Roy that – no, I think it was K2. Talking about how there's many great teams in college basketball that are going to play great games every year. He says, they can't play this game. And it was just – I got goosebumps, man. Like, I, we are just so lucky. And, like, for those of you that grew up in this state and grew up around it, like, I just joined the party two decades ago. You know what I mean? Like, but for those of you that grew up in this state and like lived this whole rivalry for you, like it's, it gave me goosebumps, man. It's special stuff. It's cool I love stuff. The, so hopefully you can hear it with the audio. I love the stuff. exchange of Marvin Williams because only one year at UNC, but his character looms large, Mac, for who he is as a person. So Roy was talking about character of players and and how great of an individual Marvin Williams was and is, yeah, and how yeah, yeah. he was watching his summer league game in two, the summer of two thousand five when he watched him fall out of the game or come out or whatever, and he got water for the other five players on the bench. And Roy said, Dad, Gummin, that's the type of player I want. And Kay said, I wish he would have gotten water for us because that means he's out of the game. No, oh, that was good. That and was good showed, stuff. Then they showed his highlight By the way, not shocking at all, Marvin's that cool of a guy. By the way, they both agreed on one thing in recruiting. How do you treat your mother? They both wanted to watch how the recruit treated his mother. I freaking love that. I, I I love that. Boy said he walked out on a recruit that he didn't like the way he was treating he was her within the first couple at of minutes. His mother during said, the recruiting visit, and Roy said, "That's it. I don't like the way you're talking to your mom." And gave up. And by the way, Flam, I wanted to know the name of that recruit so badly. I mean, I understand Roy's not going to give that. I'm so curious. What if he would have said it was this daggum boy named Grayson Allen? Uh. <laughs> that would have had me off the couch. By the way, Bone, one of our texters has confirmed Buddy Baldwin is a real person. One of our texters, eight two eight area code. 
uh, was taught in driver's ed by the great don't, don't. Buddy Baldwin. Don't buy it. K, <laughs> K never saw him. Dean never saw him. But this guy did. You kidding me right now? Um, oh, well, when we come back here on the Mac and Bone Show, what would your detailed plan be for Bryce Young? If you could draw one up, what is it? Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. take it back to Brian Schottenheimer when he came to Seattle and he launched me on a project. He said one of the things he did for Andrew Luck, for Philip Rivers, for Drew Brees, is before he had a chance to meet with them the first time, he had a detailed plan about how to improve the things necessary to play quarterback at a high level. And he showed me the report. He showed me the cut-ups that kind of went with it all. And then he challenged me. He said, you will earn another level of respect with Russell by approaching it from a detailed standpoint. So we're really working on that. Um, I really respect Bryce and and the the road that has taken him to here. And I, I want to be able to present something to him that's tangible, that's specific, and says, "Hey, here's a here's some things that we can really dive into and improve on. Here's things that you're doing great. So um, we'll have a great plan uh, when he comes back to us in a couple of weeks." All right, so that was one of the interesting things that Dave Canales said at his press conference at the Combine. By the way, Combine on-field activity begins today at 3 o'clock. It will be the D linemen and the linebackers that started off today. Quarterbacks will be Saturday. Quarterbacks and wide receivers Saturday. Yes, yes. So we get our wide receiver fix on Saturday because we are wide receiver obsessed right now for good reason. And then the O-line, something else we should be interested in, the O-line will finish up on the field on Sunday. The, the, the Combine's now in prime time, right? They've changed that. Three o'clock it starts. Okay, so they moved yeah. it off the morning. Okay, yep. uh, Yeah, but they, they moved it more towards the, yep. the latter portion of the day. All right, um, we got to talk, though. Look, what Canales said there, Bone, um, is cool. Talked about how he learned it in Seattle from Brian Schottenheimer, and he would present Russell Wilson with a plan. Here's what I saw. Here's some video to accompany it. This is what I'm talking about. Uh, you could do this a little better. We could do that a little differently and stuff like that. And um, he now is incorporating it with every quarterback he works with, and he is putting together this detailed plan for Bryce. So I want to I want to crowdsource this out. I'm not expecting Dave Canales Bone to be taking notes during this segment of the Mac and Bone Show in his hotel room in Indy. But I'm just uh, uh, via the app. We're everywhere. He could be. Could be tuning in. But like I want to spitball this one here. If y'all could put your you know detailed. If y'all could put a plan together in writing for Bryce. Here's what you got to do differently. Here's what you got to get better at. You guys watch the games this year. I'm guessing I'm guessing most of you out there listening are such diehard fans. You watch the majority of the snaps. Some of you might, for your own sanity, have bailed out late. But you guys got a, a, an educated opinion on Bryce. So I'll ask you, Bone, to start. But everybody, like, what would, uh, what would things be if you could write Bryce a report of, Hey, this this is what you can do better. This is what you need to do. Like, what would you what would you put into something like that, Bo? Dear Bryce, is this, is this a letter back or what? Dear My dearest Bryce, dear Bryce, we're so sorry what you had to go through. Hopefully, you're <laughs> finding yourself in good health after that. Uh, probably a balance, Mac, of under center and shotgun more than we saw last year to be more multiple and do more things under center and shotgun. I think there's got to be a balance there. Once he gets under center more, they can do more things. So I think that's got to be a major part of this is the balance of that 
has to be a huge deal for this offense. Yeah, and that's not really like something Bryce can change. That's on like Canales. But like if you're Dave Canales writing that, you can vow, hey, here's a play you were under shotgun. You ran play action. Look what yep. happened. Like you could say, I'm getting you under center more and I'm going to get you comfortable because that's what Frank Reich said. Frank Reich said he wasn't comfortable doing it. But here's my but he, thing. But he's still doing it. But so. here's my here's my thing, Bone. What quarterbacks come into the NFL with a high comfort level of going under center? Yeah. Not that many. Not it's anymore. a change game. So for Frank Reich to be like, well, we're not really putting him under center because he's not comfortable. Every quarterback's not comfortable under center. But Greg Olson has laid out on this show and on other platforms all the reasons why you go under center more, and, and, and it's a good thing. But yet Frank Reich wouldn't like, you're the coach. You and Josh McCown, like, get him comfortable under center because there's so many benefits in the run game and the play action game and the boot game when you put him under center. You, so you ask Bryce, what do you like the most? What can we do for you and try to make it work in our system? You don't pick everything out, but where are you most comfortable? Not we're not going to try to put you in a system and then try to work it around you. We, you are going to be the system. You're the future. What do you like best? And yeah. that's how you have yeah. that good relationship back. You have to. And it seems like Canales is going to do that, right? He said that literally. Our offense is what he does well. That's what our offense will be. Uh, Texter's coming up with some good answers to this. This Texter says, um, uh, let's see. Don't. Uh, these are kind of smart assy. Where, where are the genuine ones? The guy um, says, don't play on tippy toes. Well, Drew Brees did for his entire career, so there you go. Yeah, he was a little tippy toe. I mean, I think you could work on that a little bit, right? To give you, a, like, I've seen, I've heard people talk about during the course of the season, like, you know, analysts, try to maybe get yourself a little more of a flat base. That way you can drive it. You know, you can drive it more. Uh, this texture says, get the ball out quicker. Another texture says, don't overthink it. Just let it rip. I think those are all good advice. I mean, I, I would I, I would tell him to really take a look at that footwork. That he got became a lot more happy feetish as the season went on. Um, didn't get himself set and the feet were moving and shuffling. And it's just I don't think it was necessarily I think it was a reflection bone of the pressure he was under and the way he felt. He just didn't feel comfortable. He always felt like I'm a second away from getting you know, slobber knot. Yeah. And I think that's what led well, to remember it. What but Brady, the footwork thing, I'm sure Canal's going to work on that big time. Remember what Brady Quinn talked about in the game was there was the tells Mac in his mechanics when he would, when he would t turn his body a certain way and almost cut off the other half of the field from his vision that Brady Quinn pointed out. So he wasn't just standing sort of, he said he turned forwards almost like yeah. his feet were, how do you describe that? You were facing, you were like facing, you know, like the line. Yeah. Instead of being sideways to the line it's where you could step you can in. See, you could step in and see more yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, so he's so almost cutting off. There's other... all that kind of stuff that I'm sure we can't even figure out. I can figure it out. This texture says run a few more times. I don't think that's a bad idea either. I mean, are some of our best plays, some of our third and medium and third and long most successful plays were him scrambling. Like, I, I just, I'm not acting like he's Lamar Jackson or anything, like an athletic freak. But he's quick enough, and he's got that shiftiness, a little uh-uh. Like, we saw multiple times him juking linebackers and safeties. Yep. Like, there's some wiggle there, too. So I would, and I would tell him to get the heck down, too. There were a couple of times. First of all, his sliding's got to get bad. That's another thing I put in a little detailed report for Bryce. We're gonna, a little bit of sliding. <laughs> get a little sliding coach. Anybody in baseball that can help you with that? Because he was an ugly slider. But remember, Cam was the same way. 
You know, oh, but, Cam, but yeah. Cam was like that because the alternative for him was slide or just truck somebody. You know what I mean? Like he, Bryce, it's kind of like you got to slide because you're going to get trucked. And Cam was you know? trucking people at the seven on seven in Atlanta over the weekend. <laughs> yes, Matt, new, new text line rule. It's only fair. If you are going to be a guy that's making Bryce Young height jokes, you must submit your own height and a photo of your of the proof of your height. <laughs> we need to see proof that you're taller than Bryce Young. If you are, I'm not. If you are, go on. But if you're like five seven, firing off shots here. You're banned. There's a lot of things about, hey, put on, grow four inches. Stuff. I'm not really going to read those. Last hour, last hour, some pan- my fellow Panther fans got upset with me, Bone, because I read a text joke about, we were talking about the cafeteria, which the much, the highly graded cafeteria in that NFLPA report. And uh, I read off a question about Bryce you know, like coloring with, well, I don't say the word right, crayons. How am I supposed to say that? Right, say cray. Crayons. Crayons. Say, say crayons. Cray. Odds. Crayons. Put them together. It's cra- crayons. I turned it. It's a two-syllable word. I turned into a one-syllable word. <laughs> crayons. So anyway, I read that, and Panther fans were upset with me. So I will not read your Bryce jokes, even if they're knee slappers. I will not read them right now, Bo. We mentioned the uh, we mentioned the uh, combine NFL draft at the beginning of the segment. When we come back, Russell Brown, draft expert, previews the combine in all the Panthers' wants and needs on Sports Radio. 92.7 WFNZ.